basically modifying humans is to achieve human perfection, essentially. And no matter what your beliefs are, creation is creation. You know, unless you believe that man is all powerful and has the power to create and destroy, you know, everything, then you believe that something created, whether it be just nature or God or Allah or any, you know, any other belief system, we were all and the earth was created by something. or 
because you are less than ideal. So it really, you know, you're separating these people first based on, on ability to afford these types of things. But then, you know, what happens to the accidents or, or the mistakes, you know? Today in society, someone who is born to a family of redheads that comes out with brown hair is not a problem. It's not a mistake. It's unique, you know? And then, but if this becomes the ideal, then that person becomes a mistake, an error, or less than. And then we seclude them and isolate them and eradicate them eventually. So... we've achieved this what's the next step you know there's no contentment there so it's like we talked about earlier we eradicate this one thing or we you know change this one thing there's never going to be anybody that settles for just being that good you know we need to move on and then yes with society itself it's uh you know, I would love to be taller. <laughs> I would love to be, you know, skinnier. I would love to have olive skin instead of porcelain skin. That way I could actually get a tan, things like that. And you just can't, you know, and so that is where people go. They're, they want to be different. They're not content with who they are and how they are. And so if they're offered an opportunity to change or potentially change their offspring, then they're like, well, I can make a better life for my future children mm-hmm. if I make sure that they don't have the short gene mm-hmm. or the low metabolism gene or whatever. And and so they will jump on that, you know, bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And especially because the wealthy and the celebrities always jump on those things first. That's true, yeah. And so they're going to, you know, promote things and push things that people would at one time consider unethical Mm -hmm. but oh so and so is doing it so it must be okay look at all the praise they're getting or you know whatever for doing it so now I think it might be okay so yeah that they're playing God, essentially. 
And and like I said earlier, it doesn't matter what God you believe in. Mm-hmm. If you believe in creation, then man is playing God yeah. uh, with genetic engineering. I believe that there are ways to cure disease mm-hmm. uh, through genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, cystic fibrosis is an excellent example. You know, there's no reason why a child should be born with this genetic mutation that causes them to essentially die before they reach their teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend whose daughter has it and they are working tirelessly to raise money and awareness and and she just you know enjoys every day that she can with her daughter because she never know never knows when it's going to be the last one and you know so to use genetic study and research to you know eliminate something like that as long as you're not harming mm-hmm. and and I think that's where the line is is when do we start creating harm mm-hmm. you know no one's going to be harmed by ridding us of cystic fibrosis um, but are we doing harm by essentially engineering how people look yeah. and behave mm-hmm. and and how people become capable of doing things that they can't already do like strength and speed and yeah mm-hmm. As far as Christianity is concerned, you know, God essentially asks us to suffer mm-hmm. in some capacity as a Christian. If you're not uncomfortable as a Christian, you're not doing it right. And so whether it be with your health, with finances, with persecution, mm-hmm. you know, it's even if it's just sacrificing your finances, it's, he wants us to suffer in some way so that he can make us better and whole in the end mm-hmm. and um, so suffering with cancer mm-hmm. you know sure we pray does God you know take the cancer away mm-hmm. please but no this is the step in the process you need to suffer for a little bit because I have a plan yeah. to use this in some way God does um, and so yeah part of that definitely becomes you know what what am I, am I sacrificing my purpose in life by, or someone else's purpose in life Mm -hmm. by eradicating, you know, this before they even have it. Yeah. Um, at the same time though, there are just some diseases and I, you know, Parkinson's, CF, things like that, that, um, 
it's just a death sentence. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, and you can do good while you're here uh -huh. and you can, you know, grow and, and maybe use it to improve the lives of others, but, but there's nothing you can do with it beyond that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I know that there's a line somewhere that <laughs> gets kind of blurry and everything is like, okay, well, if that's, you know, if we're going to cure this, why won't we cure this yeah. too? But, um, but again, I think it all just comes down to what can you do with the tools that you have? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and when, when does finding new tools become too much? Yeah. Because if we're creating embryos mm -hmm. just to use them for research, then you're ending life. Uh -huh. um, and that's unethical. Yeah. But if you're, you know, using stem cells that you can obtain without harming anyone or anything, mm -hmm. then you're not, you know, then you're doing good. Mm -hmm. So again, it just, it's where do you draw the line? And yeah. a lot of it comes down to what do you believe, when do you believe life starts? And so, if you consider a single-celled organism, an amoeba or a single-celled organism on Mars as life on Mars, then you have to consider a fertilized embryo as life mm -hmm. because it's a multi-celled organism. And so by destroying it for research purposes or whatever reason, you're ending life. I think it just goes back to the Hippocratic Oath and the do no harm. Um, if we're not creating, if we're not harming a person or a living thing, mm -hmm. and if we're not creating, creating the potential for harm, and that's a big one, is like, what is the potential for harm? So I'm not hurting anything right this second, but what could the ramifications be over the long term? Mm -hmm. So as long as we're not harming or we're not creating the potential for harm, then I would consider it ethical. Mm -hmm. But whenever you start crossing that line of the maybes, well, this is, you know, we're okay for right now, but we don't know what this is gonna do, or we don't have a way to test this, mm -hmm. Um, we're creating the potential for harm mm -hmm. in the long run, and I just don't believe that that's ethical.
I don't in that just because we don't know, you know, exactly. And, and that's, that's the thing is like, if we cannot say that this is not going to have a negative impact down the road, then, you know, we have the potential to do some real damage. Mm -hmm. And then again, it goes back to the, you know, what are we trying to do? Yeah. You know, are we trying to make this one person's life better? Mm-hmm. Are we trying to affect the lives of generations of people? And, you know, most people would say, well, no, if we get rid of this disease and we can eradicate it in this one person, but then we can affect all of their children. Well, without any way to research, you know, how it can affect those babies born, you know, three generations from now, then there's, it's not, I don't consider it safe. Yeah. It's just human ambition. And honestly, it's a, it's a Western thing Mm -hmm. because if you're more focused on you know where am I going to get my next meal Mm -hmm. and where am I going to find clean water and is my family safe Mm -hmm. then you're not worried about you know is my hair too light or too dark or is my eye color the popular color now or Mm -hmm. whatever and you know so western society has created this need for constant improvement because we're bored you know, we, everything is given to us all the time. We have all this technology. We don't have to work for anything anymore. And so we're bored. And so we look to other things, like how do we improve our circumstances if they're pretty much the best that they can be already? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's easier than working out to get thin and fit? You know, is it putting in the time <laughs> right or or is it surgery uh-huh. you know or you know if I know that I look like this and I've hated myself my whole life and this is not true I don't hate myself I love myself <laughs> but <laughs> but you know if I'm that person that was ridiculed all through my early years for something you know and so I just grew up essentially hating how I looked and I feared that my child would look this same way and I was given the opportunity to change that before they were even born or right after they were, well, no, it would be before, but (laughs) um, then I would take that rather than doing the hard thing and taking the risk and figuring out one, how to love myself Mm -hmm. as I am and then teaching that child how to love themselves mm-hmm. and showing that child that same love yeah. and you know so it's just easier because we're lazy and we're bored and that's what we do
and I, a lot of people will disagree with me, <laughs> but I believe that God has a plan mm -hmm. for you, know, everyone. And if you are infertile or your husband is infertile and you can't conceive, then maybe we have all of these children in the world that need parents. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe God's plan for you was to take care of the orphans. I mean, it's right there in the Bible mm -hmm. <laughs> that as Christians, we're supposed to take care of the orphans and the widows. And, and, but we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on these fertility treatments and attempting to create our baby, yeah. you know, that is genetically linked to us and looks like us and has our characteristics and everything else. And, you know, and what are we destroying in the process? Mm -hmm. You know, because if there was that child out there that I was supposed to adopt, you know, it, how are we destroying that child's life by not like adopting them and by being mm -hmm. essentially selfish mm -hmm. and creating a mini-me? Um, also, are we, you know, why are we striving so much to have our genetically linked child? Mm -hmm. You know, why is that necessary? Why can we not just care for another child? Yeah. And if you act, ask any adoptive parent, that is their child. Mm -hmm. You know, they yeah. are they are emotionally attached to that child, just like even if some of people that I know that have had that have adopted have had their own children and that adopted child is as much theirs as their own children mm -hmm. and so yeah it's it's I don't agree with it I also don't agree with it because not every fertilized egg is utilized mm -hmm. yeah. the goal is to harvest a bunch of eggs and sperm and fertilize as many as you can mm -hmm. and then whatever sticks works and and that becomes your child yeah. and the rest of it we destroy in mm -hmm. some way so then it goes back to what do you define as, as life and then essentially if it's a multi-celled organism mm -hmm. then you're taking life mm -hmm. so I think the biggest thing that I have learned um, and gained from all of my studies on ethics, especially biomedical and medical ethics, is to not contradict yourself. Um, so many people, you know, and I was I was this way as well. It's like, okay, well, you know, I agree with this but I don't agree with this. Well, it, they kind of contradict each other. So if you're going to determine that a single-celled organism, an amoeba, is life, then a fertilized 
egg, an embryo, has to be considered life. Mm -hmm. If you are going to say, well, okay, so we're not going to consider this single-celled organism life. Okay, well, when does life begin? Does it begin with the heartbeat? Mm -hmm. Well, not everything that's living has a heart. Yeah. And, or does it begin with, you know, the ability to essentially function as a contributing thing mm -hmm. um, to essentially to have a purpose. Well, there's a lot of people that are born that you know have a disability, mental, physical. There are people that get sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the elderly. You know, you lose capacities over time, and so if this living thing that has a heartbeat but is dependent on other living things to survive, a mother, mm -hmm. for example, um, is not considered life because it's not independent or contributing in some way, then those other people and those other things cannot be considered life either. And therefore we don't have to, you know, an elderly gentleman who, you know, can't take care of himself anymore is sick and struggling. It, if it's not if that baby is not considered life, then that elderly gentleman isn't, and I have no obligation to care for that person. Yeah. And and the same with the disabled. And you know, if we're going to insist that animal animals be cared for and treated a certain way, then we must insist that all life it has to be treated. Is yes, yeah. And a lot of people look at Christianity and and view it through a certain lens but as far as Christianity is concerned you know our one command by God is to care for life mm -hmm. it was in Genesis that's why Adam and Eve were put in the garden was to care for the animals and the plants and the trees and the earth and in life and so if we're not doing this then you know we're not obeying Right. Yeah. Have a personal code of ethics. I mean, and and stand by that. And and I have found that, and this is something that we did in my ethics class was create our own personal code of ethics as far as medicine and biomedical issues is concerned. And then that way you can read through it and be like, oh wait, this contradicts this. So I need to change my stance on one of these. Mm -hmm. And how does this affect? all the way from conception to death and dying. Mm -hmm. And so once you establish that, then you have this foundation to stand on and there's no question mm -hmm. anymore as far as you are concerned personally. And I think that's just it, is that people go from topic to topic and they develop an opinion or idea based on that one specific thing, but they're not comparing them to other issues and other beliefs they may hold. They're just addressing that one specific thing. Yeah. And so if you line everything up and look at all and say, okay, I can't contradict anywhere mm -hmm. in this spectrum of where I stand on things. And so then you can see, okay, here's my foundation. Here's where I stand on all of this. Um, I don't believe that my opinions or my feelings need to have an impact on anyone else's mm -hmm. you know you're free to be who you are and do what you do but as far as bio or genetic engineering is concerned 
when do your beliefs and what you're doing for research or whatever start becoming or start having an effect on someone else or a potential someone else mm -hmm. you know and that's where that's where the fuzzy area starts and where the line that I won't cross is is that you know I can do whatever I want with my body mm -hmm. but whenever I start doing things that affect someone else in now or in the future then I've crossed a line yeah
have a personal code of ethics. I mean, and and stand by that. And and I have found that, and this was something that we did in my ethics class was create our own personal code of ethics as far as medicine and biomedical issues is concerned. Mm -hmm. And then that way you can read through it and be like, oh wait, this contradicts this, so I need to change my stance on one of these. Mm -hmm. And how does this affect all the way from conception to death and dying? Mm -hmm. And so once you establish that, then you have this foundation to stand on and there's no question mm -hmm. anymore as far as you are concerned personally. And I think that's just it, is that people go from topic to topic and they develop an opinion or idea based on that one specific thing, but they're not comparing them to other issues and other beliefs they may hold. They're just addressing that one specific thing yeah. and so if you line everything up and look at all and say okay I can't contradict anywhere mm -hmm. in this spectrum of where I stand on things and so then you can see okay here's my foundation here's where I stand on all of this yeah. um, I don't believe that my opinions or my feelings need to have an impact on anyone else's mm -hmm. you know you're free to be who you are and do what you do but as far as bio or genetic engineering is concerned, when do your beliefs and what you're doing for research or whatever start becoming or start having an effect on someone else or a potential someone else? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where that's where the fuzzy area starts and where the line that I won't cross is is that you know I can do whatever I want with my body mm -hmm. but whenever I start doing things that affect someone else in now or in the future then I've crossed a line 